Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, everybody. Tis I, your Death Knight bruiser, Holden McNeely. And is I, your mage, your blood elven mage? I think that works. I think that's a good build. <laughs> You're not putting out enough DPS. I just fucking, I'm on cooldown. I'm on cooldown. Cool Where's my macros? I'm going to need you to. My hot bar is a clusterfuck, Holden. And if you can just back the fuck off, I, I swear, you yell at me one more time and I will DC I, and leave you to fucking eat your own dick in front of Ragnarok. I just feel like you could be spending a little bit more time and energy on the guild. Are That's you, all I'm saying. Listen, all I'm my saying. spec is flawless. <laughs> You don't come at the king if you don't want to get PvP'd, bro. <laughs> and uh, will you please introduce our guest? How rude. <laughs> and with us is a uh, cartoonist, uh, comedian, member of the Drawfee channel, and uh, I guess uh, the creator and star of Cartoon Al on Dropout.tv, Nathan. Nathan Yaffe, how you doing? Hi. Hi. Can I be the druid? <laughs> I want to be the druid. We need one. I never got to play druid in that game. Uh, the reason why I asked you on is uh, World of Warcraft is an intensely huge topic. And uh, between me and Holden, we didn't really have that much hands-on experience with the game. And uh, you uh, you do. I played it. I played it uh, a little bit my senior year of high school through my sophomore year of college. And um, so, what, what happened in your sophomore year? About college. Uh, I decided I wanted to try having a social life at college. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, true story, this is like on the nose after school special, but uh, the the week I decided to cancel my World of Warcraft account, I did lose my virginity. That is is a true story (laughs) that is not fabricated that actually happened. And it was just the universe telling me this was the right decision for you. No, no, that's like something in a bad like movie right. that you're. Writing. No, that <laughs> is. It, it was. Like, it felt too on the nose. So, um, so Nathan is our resident expert. If anybody I, who has an issue, no, no, Jake, okay. let me do this. Anybody who has a problem <laughs> with anything that is said on this podcast oh, about yeah. World of Warcraft, yeah. please. Don't, what's your Twitter, Twitter handle again? It's uh, it's uh, d- not. Not me. It's someone. It's at, someone else. At not me. Sixty nine, sixty nine. If you have any problems with the yeah. things we say, any inaccuracies that get spouted out about uh, World of Warcraft in this episode, please direct them towards him. Um, yeah, this is a lot, man. This World of Warcraft's a big biggie, a yeah. big one. Yeah. 
this is when I knew that something like truly terrifying was happening is I actually had never touched the game. I knew people that played in college. There's always I feel like there's a thing in our generation now where we all have the one friend that genuinely disappeared for two years. And when they come back, they're just like World of Warcraft, man. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But uh, this week I finally, you know, I have Battle.net and I installed uh, World of Warcraft because it's free to play for the first, like, I don't know, 50 levels or something. 20, I think it doesn't matter. But uh, just enough to get you in. I made like an orc warrior (laughs) named like Coco Mango Man. (laughs) As you do. And uh, that's not the real name. Don't look me up. (laughs) Um, And uh, I just start doing the tutorial. Just like, you know, there's an opening cinematic. Uh, You know, Garrosh is uh, a crude leader that has put the entire land in disarray. I just start, I, they send me out to like kill some boars and I kill boars. I go out and get some spies. I kill spies. Mm. I go, uh, I have to wake up uh, sleeping peons and I'm just like tooling around in this opening, uh, I don't know, Ogrimmar? Is that the opening? Or- Orgrimmar. Orgrimmar. And Which just, is, by the way, at least when I was playing it on stream or whatever, because I was like, oh, I'm going to shock and wow everybody on my stream by like tr- starting a new game of World of Warcraft blindly. Like, that is a part of the game that is, what, decades old mm-hmm. at this point that you start in and you feel that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like it's- it feels that it has that age to it. And it's so surreal to be in this like ancient cobweb space. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But like, I just do these like itty bitty quests and I get up and I'm just like, Okay, that was neat. You know, that was interesting. I guess I, you know, I kind of get why it was popular. I don't know. And I look at the clock and two hours had passed. Yes. Without mm-hmm. even register. I, you yep. could have told me, like I was, if you had asked, I'd been like, oh, okay. So I was playing for like 10 minutes, right? That it was, t- I had, it was like the opening scene in an episode of Doctor Who. I got time robbed. It was fucking, <laughs> yeah. I was disquieted by the experience. For me, I, uh, I feel like, World of Warcraft is huge during kind of my dark days when it comes to gaming. Like I kind of, I kind of took a step back from gaming for several years to like listen to jazz and play chess and you know try to get laid in college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as you do, as you do. And and um, you know, uh, after a while, I uh, or, or from afar at least, I always saw it as this like dangerous black <laughs> hole of a game, this thing that will suck hours away from you that people are addicted to. It's like ooh, terrifying and like you know, uber uber on on a level of nerddom that. I feel like now I can live in, but maybe back then was like a, a bit intimidating to on the outset. Well, it's even not like even in the officially sanctioned, like fully endorsed South Park episode, it was implied that playing the game turns you into a diarrhea spewing, <laughs> obese, asthmatic fucking wreck of a human. If you want to be good at it, like you, can, you can be a casual player and Blizzard, not as like, they were. Out, like, Blizzard themselves made machinimas of this game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and got them. So I was like, so you're saying definitively that our, our product uh, destroys children and turns them into grotesqueries. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, though, I mean, I was going to get to this later, but I am so impressed to know that Blizzard fully cooperated with Matt Stone and Trey Parker, even after looking at the script, and let them use their assets, let them use the engine as like a sort of a virtual studio that they could get all of that footage from, mm-hmm. which would have taken like an obscene amount of hours to actually animate. Um, that That is pretty unbelievable to me, especially because, yeah, that was, it's like, there's little things, right? Right? It was always known as this thing from afar that's just like, oh, people are dying. They're playing it so much. You know, they're just in their own shit. They're just eating shit <laughs> and dying. 
<laughs> and and then on top of that, you 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 have like the South Park episode, which is kind of like yeah. that as well. But then you also, I think one of the first times I found like a little bit of the like hilarity in the wow thing is, is the Leroy Jenkins video. Right. Yeah. I remember watching that having, and I think it's almost better when you don't know anything about World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. just because of the like number grinding they're talking about up top. Like somebody punched the numbers, like. Oh, I love like the wow sigh, like that yeah. wow sigh is. <laughs> it's it's too familiar. Yeah. Wait, what is the key to the world of like the team chat cadence? Because you have to you have to communicate very effectively because you know you're coordinating all these moving pieces. It's like all right, everybody, let's. Do it. It's like you're you're almost bored. You're like you're tired. All right, everybody, let's do this. We've got okay. Can, can you crunch the numbers on that? Yeah, and you're like trying not to wake up your stepdad yeah. or whatever, <laughs> like in the next room. You know, you're on your lunch break. It's just like everybody is is shirking some responsibility <laughs> to be there. Um, it, it is yeah. uh, casting holy light. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they crunch the numbers on it, and the chance of survival is it's less than 50%, right? It's right. like, it's it's very low. And right. they're like, if we follow this very specific game plan, we might make it out of this. And then the guy, we, yeah, we, screaming and running in. If we follow this plan, in. we might survive the encounter for a chance of maybe getting a one in 10 chance of getting a piece of armor from a set that I maybe don't already have. Right. For for this one guy in particular, like Leroy needed the piece of armor. It was like a skippable encounter that they they could have gone past. And it's just the animation of the whole thing. When the whole thing goes tits up and it's just these stupid looking bat creatures. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's just like, oh God, oh boy. And the bat just looks so stupid. Yeah, and the dragon just... hatchlings. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an amazing video um, and, and I don't want to get too much in this because I feel like we'll get into this a little bit later but you know just other little stories I think Warcraft's all about the stories that come out of it but uh, the, the funeral which we'll talk about later the um and then uh, watched a documentary about people who are addicted to World of Warcraft. And that was, I forget which one I saw. It was on like Netflix or something. Um, when I was working in a warehouse, we can talk about that some other time. Ago. But anyways, yeah. For, for, it, I mean, from I, afar, it, it had little things, kind of like um, Eve Online. It just had these little interesting stories come out of this world. And I loved paying attention to that. Right. When know? did, uh, when did like Felicia days, the guild come out? Cause that was uh, another, like they never specifically called it world of Warcraft, but, but it was, was, but they sure as fuck weren't talking about elder, uh, Everquest. Or yeah. Ultima. Yeah. Mm. I'm uh, not sure, yeah. but yeah, oh, well, that was a big, that was big too. I felt very seen when that <laughs> came out. <laughs> like all of the people, all of those characters like, Oh yeah, that's a person I've interacted with online because of this game. Uh, 2007. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like right when I was was playing. Yeah. So it's this giant world, and it's it's all these crazy emergent stories and things like that. It seems like it's always been around, and that's why I really did love learning about the history of how it came to be. And I definitely want to talk about that now. Uh, I big shoutouts by the way before I even go into this to Eurogamer. Mm. Like just look up making of Warcraft, World of Warcraft. They have this like amazing two part article uh, that just just gives you a great history with interviews. Um, there's also a fifty minute documentary from like Vulture or something like or Wired Wired, Wired has that makes that. a lot more sense than Vulture doing that <laughs> 50 minute long talk about kind of just the that, that's a little bit more like and then we released this expansion and then this expansion you know and there's a panda but anyway <laughs> <laughs> so let's take it all the way back I think we talked about this in the Overwatch episode so I'll make the Blizzard history brief yeah. up until they start working on World of Warcraft but just to rehash a little bit Blizzard Entertainment founded in February 8th 1991 originally as Silicon 
Avalon and Synapse Inc. by three graduates from the University of California, Los Angeles, Michael Morhaime, Frank Pierce, and Alan Adam. Uh, and all three of them had to uh, chalk in uh, or kick in $10,000 of their own money to get the thing started. And their first games were ports like J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings Volume 1 and <laughs> Battle Chess 2 Chinese Chess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a pivotal thing happened uh, when they made a game that, like, I feel like if you're listening to this, has a weird place in your heart, and that is the uh, Justice League fighting game that they yeah. made in the 90s, Justice League Task Force, yeah. because uh, to do art for that, they brought in a uh, basically a youngish 90s era comic book artist, or at least illustrator, named Chris Metzen, and mm. Metzen had that grim, dark, over-the-top 90s comic book energy. Mm. And it was kind of his influence that pushed the uh, Warcraft universe into being this, like, uh, over-the-top, giant pauldrons, gnarling orcs, like, way more, like, pushing what was the Tolkien-esque tropes into an extreme that, like, some people claim is, like, kind of a rip-off of Warhammer, but I feel like Metzen gave it a more American brash attitude yeah okay interesting yeah yeah and uh and then they kicked out a couple more games rock and roll racing mm-hmm. uh and the lost vikings which is actually a very important game uh for world of warcraft because it established a bit of an art style for war did you guys play warcraft i played warcraft 2 a bunch okay yeah i remember going over to my friend's house and and playing warcraft on uh on his computer i think it was probably warcraft 2 also just like just losing, just losing a bunch, <laughs> just like seeing how many horse guys I could get and just like mm-hmm. having them go around and kill little things until I remember the bad building guys a custom up. map where it was just a peon and a peasant uh, in a basically a field full of sheep, like wall to wall sheep, and you had to physically hack your way through them to get to the other guy. And right. it was pointless because whoever just landed the first hit won. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that was the sort of shit you could do in that game, you know, like that. Yeah, that 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 heavy customization. I have a bit of a barrier to entry because I never really did like the you know Warcraft or Starcraft or any kind of RTS like real time. Like I just wasn't much of a PC gamer as you know I was a Sega kid, a PlayStation kid, but not really uh, a PC gamer. So I missed out on all that stuff, and so I kind of feel like I missed the boat. Maybe at some point they'll like grab me and pull me in. But um, either way, their big breakout hit was Warcraft: Orcs and Humans, and they actually used for inspiration the Lost Vikings, the three Vikings from Lost Vikings. Which, if you remember that, it almost looks like Clay Fighter on the cover. It's like yeah. these three. Three Vikings, it's a side-scroller platformer. They all have different abilities to get through the level. But either way, uh, and they in- ended up kind of taking the Vikings, putting them into this Warcraft, Orcs and Humans, essentially just because they were advantageous business people. They saw that there was a gap in uh, releases of real-time strategy games in the early 90s, uh, shortly after the release of Westwood Studios' Dune 2, which, did you guys play Dune 2? That's old, mm-hmm. that's old school, right? That's fucking back in the day. But they took... The Vikings from that game, they threw in a Lemming-style automated control uh, creatures and then had the Vikings all meet up and fight each other for multiplayer fun. It's Um, almost, that's like the cliche trope about Blizzard is that their entire history, like their winning strategy has been taking a genre that like they personally like as nerds and kind of uh, upping the production values and lowering the barrier to entry so that millions of people can enjoy them. They did it with Magic the Gathering to Hearthstone. They did it with uh, Team Fortress 2 to Overwatch. And And they they sure as fuck did it with World of Warcraft. All those dudes were playing EverQuest and Ultima um, uh, on the side. 
which again, EverQuest Ultima. I have to ask you guys because again, this is a world I was not, not a part even of. A yeah, no, okay. that was that was too that was too much. <laughs> that was too much for me. Well, I mean, and we'll get into like, to even have why an that internet connection much. that could support it back in the day, right? Right, and a machine that could power it. Yeah, I mean, get, we'll get into to in order to talk about World of Warcraft, you kind of have to talk about Ultima and EverQuest in the sense of how just how they were too open, too difficult to enter as like a newbie, you know. Whereas World of Warcraft, that's what it's all about. Is like you can come on in. We got <laughs> shit for you to do. We got you know. It doesn't yeah. matter what skill level you're at. You're gonna you're gonna have a good time entering easy leaving is hard <laughs> it's the hotel california video game yes. <laughs> so warcraft orcs and humans is what gave them the financial stability for the first time and allowed them to start working on other shit in 1996 blizzard acquires condor games and renames them blizzard north condor of course was working on a game for them entitled diablo yeah and blizzard really they got they got all the games yeah <laughs> they do dude They've sucked me in slowly, too. I feel like first it was actually Overwatch. Mm -hmm. It was probably my first Blizzard game I fell in love with, and then slowly but surely, Diablo 3. You know, World of War. You see all those other, on the launcher, you see all yeah, those yeah, other yeah. icons, and you're like, I think I might want to play some. Ooh, it's free to get first in. First taste free, my yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I've tried Hearthstone. I tried. What, what I hey, do. Hey, Joey, I got some games you just got to try. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, man. I don't give in to peer pressure. Ooh. <laughs> that health is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with Diablo came the launch of Battle.net. Uh, which was launched in December 31st, 1996, along with the release of Diablo so that people could get together and do multiplayer co-op Diablo. There was no ever, there was never verses in Diablo, right? No PvP. No, I can't I don't believe so. And it wasn't until the release of StarCraft in 1998 that Battle.net services were increased greatly. Um, uh, And they they started doing extra stuff, like um, just just fixing, essentially just making it so people get more specifically matchmaked each other they added like a ranking system and that is around the time when warcraft 2 tides of darkness came out the game that you guys remember playing so fondly which is um yeah it sound you know is that and people still play warcraft i still see twitch like uh warcraft 3 is warcraft 3 and starcraft are still down even classic starcraft is still a huge esport in uh, korea that's oh yeah yeah oh yeah I love watching those. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And I love watching like giant arena StarCraft matches and just, everyone's freaking out. Just fucking get those APMs up, my man. Dude, I, this has nothing to do with anything because I think it was from a Dota tournament, but I just saw like a, I was looking at live stream fails on Reddit, one of my favorite subreddits, <laughs> and there was one where this announcer was like, so you picked this character. It hasn't been picked in years. It was for this like Dota match. Mm. And, he, and he put the microphone and he was like, actually, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to pick a different character and uh <laughs> like literally said I fucked up. That's so good. Anyways, it's um, great when you can like describe what you're doing as you're saying it, you know? It's like I both fucked up picking this character and right now. And just like that pure nerd bluntness yeah. too oh, yeah. is just so strong. Um uh you know, so around this time they're adding the CD key system and all this kind of stuff requiring people to get into BattleNet and like using encryptions and things. But also now they're releasing Diablo 2 um and keeping all character data stored in the BattleNet servers and then Warcraft 3 comes out. They are fucking rocking roll stars right now. They have essentially established themselves as like we are capable of anything. We're building our company out. Warcraft 3 
3 is huge. Did you guys play Warcraft 3 at all? Yeah, I played I like to play all of like the custom uh like Hero Wars and stuff on uh on BattleNet for Warcraft 3. I don't mm. I don't think I played through the campaign. Um but yeah, like Hero Wars and like the original Dota. Again, I wasn't good. <laughs> I was not good at the game, but I just I like <laughs> the way the characters look. It's like that that was right. that's how they get you in. Yeah. It's, it's you just, just like it's a the compelling world visually pleasing style there's great feedback for like when you make get a kill like the gold pops up out yes. of the creep that you kill and so you They're just weird flappy mouth talking heads whenever you click on a uh, right. an, uh what's the word a unit and yeah. i think and i think by this point if there if you want lore there's lore at this point like there's oh, yeah. a lot oh, there's of a lot of story lore, yeah. and back, yeah. even back in warcraft you could buy novels and go oh, okay yeah if you wanted yeah and get in there but this is around the time um around the early 2000s when they start directing their energy towards an MMORPG, especially due to certain games like uh, EverQuest and Ultima, and even bringing people over from uh, from Ultima and places like that, which is perfect because they know what they don't like about Ultima, and they can start fresh with WoW and like give it all that stuff. Um, so it is first announced by Blizzard at the European Computer Trade Show in September 2001. Um, and they use the pri- proprietary graphics engine. I, d- I did a good one mm-hmm. on that one, right? <laughs> that was a good, yeah. <laughs> that was a good, good. It, it was originally used in Warcraft 3 by Blizzard exec Bill Roper. And the thought, everybody thought when he came out, when Bill Roper came out to announce th- this, they mm-hmm. thought he was going to announce a sequel to StarCraft. But instead, he's like, no, we're going in a whole new direction, which ca- led to very mixed reactions that, um, you know, because they are the strategy game monster. And they're like, no, we're going to do like, put it in a real world. And this essentially came from not only everybody in the staff playing the game, uh, playing playing rather MMORPGs, but also they just happened to put a camera behind a character in Warcraft 3 and started moving around in like third person. And they were like, this is cool. This could really work. We should maybe make a th- an MMORPG out of it. That's eerily similar to what happened with Halo. Yeah. That they were designing an RTS, a 3D RTS, and then just was like, what if we just let you control an individual character in this 3D world and immediately we're like, oh, this is way better. That <laughs> is right. That is right. Um, so this is a quote from Sam Samwise Didier, who was an art, the, the art director, one of the art directors. We ended up going back more to the RTS side, but I remember seeing those first builds of the game. You're running around with an archmage or the blade master right behind him. You see the horizon and the enemy camps uh, in front. I think that helped establish the feeling that, wow, our game would look awesome like this. And he said, wow, like, like, wow, not Ooh. wow, like World of War. <laughs> 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 um, right, because I remember there were like uh, quests in uh, in the campaign mode. Uh, I didn't play, but I watched my brother play or my friends play, and mm. like, like especially in in some of the expansions, there were ones where you were just controlling a hero for like one unit, one hero unit, and just sort of it it played like an RPG. Like it, Warcraft Three huh. really sort of was a, a synthesis of RTS and RPG games. So like it sort of formed a bridge yeah, for them. That's, that, see, that's awesome. And that is why you're on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> because I need that shit because I did. Uh, that's I'm so I'm sorry, listeners. I'm going to apologize. My listeners. Yeah. Can I apologize? My listeners right now and yeah, your listeners um, and your listeners. You know what? Honestly, yeah, my sure. listeners, you're doing fine. 
We we <laughs> apologize. Uh, we apologize on Drafi at the end of every episode. So they're u- my <laughs> listeners are used to me apologizing for getting things wrong. So it should be they should be great. Oh shit! I feel like do we even talk about the show? Can we take a second to talk about we'll, the show? We'll, we'll do plugs. We'll okay, talk. We'll plugs do at plugs the end. at the end. All right. I feel like we should have said some up top. All yeah, right, we'll whatever. do plugs at the end. All right. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> I had plugs in the middle. I'm all over the place today. <laughs> He's I'm, a madman. Shut it down. <laughs> He's gone rogue. I'm take a, the shot. I'm a take the shot. I'm apologizing. To my listeners. <laughs> I have not played any of these fucking games. And War, World of Warcraft, I p- literally probably played for, I want to say, two hours. All right? So just don't... All right? You know what? Be mad. Okay? I'm going to be here, all right? Um, anyways. Anyways. Um, what I was going to say was going to start to introduce a new character in the story. Um, so apparently, Vice President of Game Design, Rob Pardo, is in a guild called Legacy of Steel with a user named Tiggle. <laughs> and by the way... Dude, is this really Tiggle Biddies? Is this dude really doing that? Is Jeff? From- Ka- I'm not. I'm gonna. All right. Spoiler. Is Jeff Kaplan really Tiggle? Biddies <laughs> as his username in his fucking EverQuest Ultimate I be- Life I mean, Guild. I believe it. If there's one thing I've learned about the history of 90s and 2000 game devs, it's that they're all fucking gross nerds. <laughs> and it's their knowledge of the mind of the gross nerd that allowed them to create such evocative things. Yeah. <laughs> so it is uh, J- Jeff Kaplan. If you're familiar with World of Warcraft, you know that's a big name in the terms of the creation you of the world. Personally, watched him give 20 minute speeches about Torbjorn and reworks. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, he noticed that this guy, Tiggle, was uh, posting very intelligent commentary on the EverQuest Guild website. Uh, and so he reached out to hire him on Blizzard. Now, Jeff Kaplan's kind of an interesting dude. He and he was hesitant to sign on to the job at first. They actually had to have several meetings with him. But this guy pretty much is a guy who played a ton of games in his youth, but he never learned programming. So he's one of those people who's just like, oh, I must um, you know, not be able Able to get a job I don't know how to program I don't know C++ or whatever was back then C just probably just C back then I mean that's there were so many different things he didn't learn 3ds max he didn't learn uh, Maya he didn't learn there's he's a, a whole world of skills he just never he just with. never learns all multi-page resume just <laughs> programs he does not know how to use instead he ended up getting a degree in creative creative writing from the University of Southern California and then interned for uh, Universal Pictures trying to get into film but then he went on to NYU for a graduate degree in creative writing and went on to receive 170 rejection notices in one year. Wow. Uh, and after that, he while he was working at his father's recruitment business, by the way, that's got to be brutal. A uh, little fun fact about uh, uh, Henry, friend of the show, uh, Henry Zabrowski from the last podcast on the net, uh, last, last podcast on the left, he... Uh, got uh, security had to, to uh, take him, escort him out of the building when he worked at an, uh, a recruitment, recruitment office. Yeah, yeah. It was a very funny story. Everyone should ask him about it. <laughs> so Anywho, um, he gave up on writing and he just started playing games a lot, just kind of sinking into that and got really into using level editors in games like Duke Nukem 3D and Half-Life. And that was, he was one of the first two quest designers on WoW along with Pat Nagel and worked very closely with the game's creative director, Chris Metzen, after he finally did get hired essentially they had to convince him like he didn't understand blizzard is like still not like a huge 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 deal at this point and he didn't understand like how potentially lucrative this job could be so they actually like courted him over time like they had him come to multiple meetings and finally they hit him up and they're like you should apply to this like quest editor 
Mm-hmm. job and he looked and he was like oh this is actually a creative quest designer writing. Yeah, yeah he was like oh this is what i am prepared to do creative writing and gaming yeah yeah fucking it's, nailed isn't that nice how people just get jobs fucking flip-flop right yeah, onto their lap give up for long enough eventually <laughs> this is the lesson to be uh, learned from this that's I, how i got a job at dorkly <laughs> <laughs> i will say i think that this actually is a lesson in pivoting which has been my whole like theme uh for the past couple years because originally i was all i want to do is have like a writing job on a comedy show or something in hollywood or whatever have my own sketch comedy show on tv and then by pivot the good you know, white guy on saturday night live not the shitty white not guy. the Nobody. shitty all the good ones oh, all the good white guys. Yeah. I want to be all of them, and and uh, and some of the black guys too. I want to be all. I want to be a mixture. I want to be all the situation. Uh, but yeah, uh, eventually I was like, I just saw you know you like Marcus just put us two together, and um, and then you know I started doing the Twitch streaming. I was like, oh, actually I hate nine to fives. You know what I mean? No offense, sorry guys. Uh, but I was like, oh, this works way better for what I want. And I didn't even know I wanted it until I pivoted and started like trying new things and not just bashing my head against the fucking comedy writing job. Door. I mean, in a way, they were building a lot of this from scratch. They were kind of writing the rules as yes. they were, you know, EverQuest did lay out some groundwork, but to take it to the next level, there was no real, like, experience to be had in that space. Well, quests in general yeah. didn't really exist in oh, EverQuest. Really? Right? It's quests right in the it name. It's quests in the name, but apparently, didn't they, like, stop? Like, they, they, there were some quests, but for the most part, it was very open and yeah, kind of... That's one of the huge... Uh, we, uh, but, but the point I was trying to get to was that, uh, you know, there's pe- a lot of the people that designed the world and built the world of Azeroth and vanilla Warcraft were FPS guys and modders yeah. and people because those were the only people who had experience with like building polygonal spaces even. Like, yeah, that's that's even the crazy. That's one of the crazier things is even just building a 3D world was unheard of. Yeah. I, and, and you know, even and this brings me to my next character in the story, which is creative designer Chris Metzen, who worked at Blizzard back when it was Chaos Studios. And he literally got the job thinking it was a graphic design studio, having yeah. no <laughs> idea it was a fucking video game studio. Metzen's the, the comics guy, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. He put out. Um, but he also was like, what if there was fucking rad demon possessed metal? orcs yeah. and like <laughs> fucking knights that had lion faces on their boobs and he <laughs> did he did the soldier 76 comic right he like way soldier before. 76 was his uh, yeah he made a comic based on soldier 76 like way before overwatch. before yeah, yeah. overwatch ever came out um so he he ends up coming in there and contributing artwork and illustrations and documentation as early as warcraft orcs and humans and very quickly rose up in the ranks he he was um with bill roper Dia- uh, uh he co-designed with bill roper Dia- and was lead designer on StarCraft. He created the story, the script, and artwork for Diablo 2. I mean, if you love these games, this guy is like such a huge, huge part of the creation of them. And uh, Kaplan's work focused on the player versus environment elements of WoW, including quest design and the overall aesthetics um, uh, under Metzen for the various dungeons and raids. And he described his position as a medium between Chris Metzen's creative elements and the programmers and artists of the level design team. Um, and he was eventually named game director with Tom Chilton and J. Allen Brack. Um, so let's get yeah. into quests. Let's get into all. Let's get into all. Because this it. is, I feel like, their first major breakthrough. And the fact is, is that the repercussions of the system that they refined is now felt in everything from like. Uh, uh, Fortnite has quests. Uh, you know, mobile games have quests. Like the idea of these like micro tasks that you get rewarded for within this greater gameplay system was immensely helpful to guiding new players. Uh, it, it actually was um, a big part. Like this was actually, wow, was way more open originally 
Um, it was more like EverQuest, but it was alpha testers who came in and complained and said, look, as soon as the quests are, gone, are done, I'm bored. I, I've, as soon as I fulfill these like early objectives that were there more to just bring you into the world, get you going. Um, but then they realized like, no, we need to keep a carrot on a stick with these things. So, yeah, Nathan, like, can you describe the loop? What is core to the WoW gameplay loop? I mean, like to this day, you know, if I see if I see an exclamation point, I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a task. Um, yeah, the loop. So, yeah, I guess yeah, the, why, the, why does why is the idea of a task flood your brain with dopamine? <laughs> um, because you get you get a little a little bar at the bottom of the screen that gets filled up a little bit more. And uh, maybe you get a new uh, a new piece of armor, and like that was a great thing about it. Like the your your character's appearance changed in real time as you acquired uh, pieces of armor. Like the first shoulder wear you get in the game is huge because you see all these people walking around with big shoulder things, and like you're you're just you're just wearing a, a breastplate and a. And a, pants, a leather vest when you, know, you start. You get, you get like, you get, you get a helmet. You get, uh, you get shoulder things. You get, uh, you, you get new weapons. And yeah, so like you're you're seeing your character improve visually, and yeah, you're get you're getting these rewards, these very um, you know modular rewards. But like, it's satisfying. You get that that shot of dopamine of like, oh, I accomplished something, which is like. What what else am I accomplishing as a as a senior in high school? Like applying to colleges, right. doing homework. These are things that require a lot of work and uh, no experience points. Yeah, or copper. And I feel like this is now a mainstay for like anything. Mm. Uh, Spider Man, to name like a more recent example, or just any like action adventure game or whatever is that like loop of quests that they. But I think back when this came out, it was less refined. And this was more of a new thing a, a little bit for people, like this sort of endless loop of quests and, you know, g- gaining experience and leveling up, at least in an MMORPG. Well, I will, I will, I'll segue into the next thing that I think really defined WoW, especially against other MMORPGs and a lot of things in general, was just the whole, and this was a contentious issue uh, in the design, but the whole split between Horde and Alliance factions was mm. like a huge deal. Which one were you? Uh, I was Alliance because I like the reason I started playing this game is because my friends were playing. It was like a right. social, uh, it was the social element of it. Like it, it felt okay for me to do because my friends had already started playing, and like uh, they had been playing for longer than me. And uh, as I was nearing the end of my senior year of high school, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna see these guys as much. I want a way to stay in contact with them. Um, and that's part of what. Uh, so it's really just what it. they have. Just like you get an uh, Xbox. Well, for, hopefully you didn't this time around. But you get an Xbox, so all your buddies have an Xbox. Right. You, you get know? whatever your friends have. So you join the alliance because your friends are all alliance. You, I was you also make a, alliance. You for make that a warrior because at the time when you started playing, warriors were broken. But by the time you get to level seventy, they're not broken anymore, <laughs> and uh, you need to be able to tank if you want to get any PVE gear. And it becomes a whole uh, a whole thing. I mean, the core difference between the Horde and the Alliance was just, uh, what was it? Alliance got paladins and the Horde got shamans, I yeah. think? Well, and uh-huh. then Burning Crusade came out and then uh, Alliance got the Draenei, which could be shamans, and the Horde got blood elves, which could be paladins. So, oh. that, yeah, that was, just, he- that was a vanilla... 
<laughs> that was a vanilla thing. And later they even tried to introduce a way for you to switch alliances if you want to do it, and people got pissed. <laughs> people were mad. They were like, you can't fucking do that in WoW. Anyways. Uh, but let's, I mean, and deep I think, down, we're all horde. At the, I think deep down I'm horde, but I'm definitely like, joined alliance. you don't want to be fucking fantasy cops. I mean, if they literally I, screamed at me. They were like, you're alliance. You're alliance. <laughs> Who said this? Just the people in my chat that I was like, what do I go with? Alliance. And then other people were like, horde for life. And then they're like, fuck you. Like, it was a whole thing. If I could do it all again, I, I'd be a, a Taran druid. I just no. think that would have been. You can do it. You can do it all again right now. I can't. Now. I can't. Tonight, you can I go can't home do and do it all again. <laughs> no, listen. My brother works for Blizzard. He was like, do you want a free copy of a Battle for Azeroth? And I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I do, and I know that I can't. <laughs> you, your cartoon show just launched. I just, yeah, I need, I, I'm I'm in a good place in my life right now, and I, I, it will ruin me. It will wreck me. Like, this, I was afraid, I didn't, tr I never got into, like, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, love Skyrim, but, like, when mm. they came out with an MMO, I was like, I can't, I need a game you can beat. Yeah, <laughs> I you can't. Too. Uh, Jake, to. to go back to your question uh, about quests, uh, I don't remember like leveling up quests, but something that happened when you reached endgame, when you reached the, for uh, when I was playing level 70, now it's like 100 and fuck you. <laughs> um, but like it, uh, like they, they had daily quests and there was, it was a big thing when they patched it to mm -hmm. upgrade the maximum number of daily quests from like 10 to 25. Because they were like um, almost randomly generated, right? They just kept coming to keep you like. Well, it was it was there was there were factions. You could be since you weren't getting uh, since your your experience meter couldn't go up anymore. It, it became reputation with different mm. factions, and like if you got your reputation up to a certain amount, you could get the special mount from mm. uh, from like the you could get the aether ray mount, <laughs> which is what I ended up getting. But I remember they came out with the uh, with the sunwell expansion, and there was this. Um, there was this quest where you could you you would literally you got on the back of a um I think it was an aether ray and you you flew out over these these boats and you you were you were like it was a bombing run yeah, <laughs> yeah. shooting these arcane bombs on them and I just remember like I had my playlist going and like every day I would do this bombing run for for weeks for months <laughs> uh, just farming reputation, just getting the gold that I needed. Yeah, like I, all of my, most of my memories are from Endgame. Like the mm. the stuff that happened when you reach the end uh, of leveling up, and it became about just like, oh, I suck at this. It turns out, <laughs> uh, compared to everyone else who's been playing this game longer, I'm not, I'm not good. <laughs> Uh, and hey, I like have doing, a desire to like doing a comp in uh, Overwatch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> once you finally level up to the point where you can do comp, com, uh, comp competitive uh, ranked, and uh, yeah, the placement matches are a, are a horrible sight to see. Just just that that fun thing, like oh, everything I've learned is uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember because you needed specific uh, for the arena gear, like it cost points, but certain gear you needed to have a certain ranking in order to obtain. Of course, the shoulders required the highest ranking. It's, it's all in about order the poultry life. Yeah. Um, but like at, there was a time when like you could um, they, uh, before they, they, they ended up patching it to make it so that like if there was too big of a discrepancy between your ranking and the ranking of like your teammates you you wouldn't you wouldn't get the points but like there were these really high ranked 5v5 teams that they would just um you could pay them gold in game and then you could do the minimum number yeah. of arena matches 
at that rank so you could get the points they you needed. They would just drag from that your week. useless body. Yeah, I mean, you would lose the games, but their rank was so high that, like, you... Uh, and every so often, you would get paired with another team that was doing <laughs> that same thing, and then you could maybe win. <laughs> hey, everyone. Holden here. Today's episode is brought to you by Chegg. Chegg is a leader in online study assistance that helps you save money on textbooks and offers expert Q&A help, and you can study anywhere with the Chegg Study mobile app. Okay, first off, I remember how expensive textbooks were when I was at Florida State. Go Knowles! And I wish I had something like this back then. Second, I was a solid B student, and looking back, I know I was capable of more. That's where Chegg comes in. Chegg has everything you need to make the most of any study session or breeze through even the toughest of homework problems. If you need help with some tough problems right away, you can simply use the Chegg Study app to take a photo of problems not covered in your textbook, then submit it instantly to Chegg's experts 24-7 and get an answer back in as little as two hours. You can also tap into Chegg's online library of step-by-step homework solutions that cover so many subjects, accounting, biology, calculus, and engineering, to name just a few. For $5 off your first First month subscription, go to Chegg.com, that's C-H-E-G-G.com slash wizard and use promo code wizard. That's $5 off your first month subscription by going to C-H-E-G-G.com slash wizard and using promo code wizard. And so like, that's the sort of stuff I remember, just like all the bullshit, like when they came out with a patch that was like this, this type of item that you needed to make epic craftables that you could only get in. Uh, raids that was soul bound suddenly became unsoul bound so it was at the auction house and I remember going to my friend who had way more gold than me being like can I borrow some gold <laughs> from you so I can build my epic weapon and I like got on a payment plan to pay him back wow. doing these daily quests uh-huh. I mean at least it you was... went through a friend and not one of those shady sites that oh, no, like, we'll talk Steve about Bannon that. used to run <laughs> we'll no, talk it, about gold right, farming he, he did, right that was a thing right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not even <laughs> Made up, yeah. There was national tragedy. Steve Bannon <laughs> was involved in the gold. The Chinese farming. gold farming. Uh, yeah. The, oh my god. Yeah, and I have actually some info on that, but I'm gonna take us back to now. We're a year before release, and the game is largely unfinished. We have they, they don't have the talent system, the auction house, the mail system, PB, group finders, PvP, nothing, and the in-game raids. None of this exists. Twelve months out from release, um, and the, the, of course, like I said, the huge issue was the split between the Horde and the Alliance. Um, And Tom Chilton, who was one of the guys who came from Ultima Online, he said that was contentious right up until the time we launched. The team was pretty divided on that. Jeff Kaplan was pretty against it. He would ask what the point was in splitting up the player base. People are going to want to play with, well, the people they want to play with. But the uh, OG lead designer of WoW, Alan Adam, uh, he was adamant about this as they needed uh, PvP and therefore a team-based mechanic. But more importantly, says uh, Mr. Chilton, that in Ultima Online, while not having those boundaries was interesting, it was a huge hurdle for players. People didn't feel like part of anything. They didn't know who their friends were, who who were supposed to be fighting against. They were uh, what they were supposed to do. So this just gave people a little bit more. Again, yeah. it's just a little bit more definition. It's just a little bit more structure for people to work with who are you know need that. And I know I need that. It's in a not video World game. of Truce craft, damn it! Like <laughs> it's a fucking global war of attrition between uh, gnarled monsters and blonde fucking boring people. (laughs) So the game is set for release on... I believe in justice! (laughs) I eat babies! Like, who are you gonna pick? Come on! Who are you gonna go with? Babies. There are... Now there are pandas and werewolves. Yeah, so, so, you know... The whole thing. It's everything. Everything's everything Was the community cool with the panda things? I feel like that was just kind of pushed it into a different... 
I mean, direct. I mean, I guess it was already ridiculous. Like World of Warcraft's aesthetically generally pretty ridiculous. There's motorcycles and and Pandarians. Uh, they were there were Pandarians in Warcraft Three. Okay. I think. So oh, like okay. that, it, there was a lore basis for it. I'm sure there were people who were mad about it. No, there absolutely were people who were mad. I um <laughs> in the Wired documentary, I uh-huh. they definitely got into how um. Hey, it was bad timing because fucking Jack Black Kung Fu Panda yeah, was out. It was just too and much that was, panda. And that was the dominant fighting panda, and you yeah. can't divorce from that. Right. Uh, but they were actually, ge- the the devs that were interviewed there uh, were genuinely hurt that fans were kind of like cold on uh, Missa Pandaria because they like they say, like, we actually put in a ton of work. It's like in a wholly original uh, environment and it lays out like story beats and important character work that has carried out like right now to the current uh, expansion uh, like those seeds were laid back in the fucking Kung Fu Panda yeah bunch. yeah for sure and I, th- th- speaking of story by the way I loved reading about how it is again all new terrain and so little, just putting story into an MMORPG was like very very hard and didn't really come into full play until Wrath of the Lich King uh, and phasing, which was the whole idea that you could make changes to the environment in your playthrough um, and it would stay that way. Um, and and that was like such a huge... And so they were like, oh, now we can like put more story in this game. But for a while they were like, they just didn't even know how to infuse it into the game Because if you freed a prisoner, that yeah, means that... They're that back pris- in the prison. Yeah, right. that means the next person can't free that prisoner. Right. Uh, so it releases... And the first year, of course, they're blown away. I, I love reading all the stories about day one, just server meltdown. <laughs> wow, and how fucking bananas it was. It was, mm-hmm. but also that re- I was a little jealous to read about people who were like, we were walking into a world for the first time that was going to be consumed by hundreds of thousands, millions of people eventually. But we were like ch- looking at it all for the first time yeah. on day one. That is fucking rad. It's that is super cool. What more so than like. People's love, or I'm going out on a limb here, more so than people's love of like the Chris Metzen's like individual fantasy lore, more so than just the appeal of hand-drawn textures as opposed to like blurry bad photo rips uh, that like other Tolkien-esque fantasy places were doing, uh, more so than like the anticipation of a Skinner box gameplay loop. <laughs> Uh, peep like the dream that fucking Ready Player One dream of an online always existing virtual world was so enticing. This is something yeah. that people had been yearning for since like back during the Neuromancer days, like before computers could even like display graphics. As soon as someone built a calculator, someone was like, "Oh, I want to live in this. I want to <laughs> live in the eight zero zero eight five. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and World of Warcraft was the highest production, most accessible version that we had had so far. And I feel like that was a big part of that excitement. Right. And then they release the first expansion. Now, you're Burning Crusade. Burning right? Crusade was This what, is your yeah. world. Mm-hmm. So that this is January 16th, 2007. You are still straight up a virgin. Mm-hmm. And you are in this whole new world to explore. It's unbelievable. How'd you get... You just caught it, the bug, because your buddies, and they were just yeah. like, this is what we play now. I... I they had been playing for a while, so like I had watched them play vanilla. Like it would just sort of be on in the background. <laughs> there was the the one friend whose basement we would always go to uh, Friday nights uh, after school. That friend had a shitty couch, right? Uh, it was a great couch. Ooh, um, mm. you know, sh- I'm sure shitty by to, <laughs> by adult standards, but I yeah, like great couch for memories. Um, but you know, we'd we'd watch you know. St- 
what was the Yo Mama or whatever, you know, MTV show <laughs> uh, was on. And then like, yeah, he would just, uh, you know, Comedy Central. Or yeah, cart- back when it was know, Adult, cool, adult Swim. And uh, and yeah, just World of Warcraft would just be on. We'd play whatever other video games people would bring over. But um, that yeah, was the gold some, standard. Someone, yeah, there was just like a rotating crew of people who would log into there. It's like, oh, I need to do some quests. Okay, I need to go. Um, so there was just a computer that's that was dedicated to World of Warcraft, and so finally, I joined. They said, "Make a warrior." I made a warrior. I did it. It, it wasn't it wasn't the right choice for me. Uh, <laughs> I, it it sort of pigeonholed me into PvP because if you wanted to if you wanted to raid as a warrior, you needed to tank, and in order to tank, you needed good tanking gear, and in order to get good tanking gear, you needed to be a good tank. And, I'm sorry, what's a tank? <laughs> uh, the tank is the um, the heavily armored character whose job it is to hold aggro which is what uh, like the the attention of the monsters so all of the squishy uh, DPS damage per second characters can wail on the monster without getting one shot and so it's it's about um, uh, balancing your sort of defensive abilities that mitigate damage with abilities that uh, that draw the anger of monsters because there's some whole like complicated algorithm that they use to calculate who is pulling aggro and so like uh you have moves that like you're doing the least amount of damage but you have moves that will automatically uh, piss off piss piss the monster off but like if you miss it for a second like some a mage shoots up crits or something and then all the monsters get pulled over there uh, and just and just kill them. Then it's it's over. You've already failed. You failed your team. It's the most high pressure, in my opinion. Healers may disagree, <laughs> uh, but in my opinion, it was the most high pressure spot to be in uh, on the raid. And like as you know, as a paladin um, uh, tank, you had some some area of effect abilities. You had some healing abilities. You could do stuff but like as a warrior you really you just had to be good you just had to be good at clicking the buttons and i was not good at clicking the buttons i was gonna ask like did people get where did your crew take it a little too seriously did people get legit pissed off at you because well, again like they found this <laughs> online community like there were my friends who i played with right. but they were part of a larger guild and so, you know, sometimes i i would be on like the c or the d raid team and just these- to like try and get uh, some 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 loot drops mm. and again like we would just we were bad <laughs> we, we were just bad and I just distinctly remember just like various voices like we were we were playing um, we we're doing Karazhan which I think has been updated in mm. Battle for Azeroth to now have like flying enemies and it's got it, it's all updated but in, in Burning Crusade Karazhan was like the first uh, big raid uh, that, that you could do at endgame and I just distinctly remember this guy's voice just just going. We we wiped uh, just on some. If it wasn't a boss, you just called it trash. And just this guy going, "Man, we wiped on Kara trash. That's embarrassing, man." <laughs> that sounds so like a dude at a raid. And uh, yeah, just these like, are are these twenty five people raids, by the way? Yeah. Uh, oh my tw- god. Uh, 25 no it was it was, was a the t- smaller was it was the, the 10 person it was the 10 it was the 10 person yeah. okay it was bad that that's was when they fuck load that's a they lot introduced of people the 10 the 10 or 25 person version i think it's i think so yeah. hard for me to conceive even how you divvy out the roles with that many people especially originally by the way for listeners know like in vanilla wow the raids were 40 people 
And then they reduced it to 25. And then, actually, they ended up learning that the 10-person raid was the most enjoyed by players, which they implemented in Wrath of the Lich King in their second expansion. But they had smaller... But they learned this, I believe, from Burning Crusade because they had these... 10 person like smaller experience yeah they had the 10 person version of the 25 person raid where you could get slightly worse loot i think Mm -hmm. so these are like rpg classes too like in D, &D, you kind i mean aggro's kind of a weird yeah it's just it's just what your dm decides to attack it's much more conversational in that one it's not just all the numbers and like you needed to get your like your aggro calculator if you wanted to be a serious if you weren't serious about tanking you needed all of the uh right. you know, expansions but, and right. mods I, it's i was shocked to learn because this this feels like something that would emerge organically like a play style that people kind of refined and kind of honed in on as the ideal is you get it you get the aggro person you get the healer and you get the dps and like that was deemed the most you know the same way that team comps and overwatch kind of evolve over time as people try out uh, you know, to to find the most efficiency, but this was built into the game. Like they want the, they knew these classes, uh, immediately, and I was like, kind of amazed. A okay, raids. I didn't know it. Like war. Like now, games like Destiny has them. Now, yeah, games yeah. Like- that was probably the first time I ever raided, and maybe the last no. uh, was Destiny Two. After because after eight hours, um, and not completing the raid and going to bed very frustrated that <laughs> right. I wasted an entire Saturday. You get you, you're just frustrated at strangers. Is yeah. the feeling exactly that's what it is. It's just like well, that I spent yeah eight eight hours. I spent my entire Saturday night. Um, sitting if I in wanted a room. to be mad at people I never met, I'll check Twitter.com. Yeah. Yeah, Thank yeah, you was, very. This was before, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you had to do to get that feeling. Yeah. Of just being infuriated by people that you would have been so happy to just never even perceive of their existence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was was a hard lesson. It was a hard lesson. And, you know, again, I think, like, if I had been better at the game, I might have played it for longer. But, like, I reached a point where it was just... I'm I'm spinning my wheels here, right? Because you, know? you didn't not, get your hotkeys down. I didn't get my hotkeys down. That was another thing. The I, action bar was just tra- just garbo. Because <laughs> because um, it it the game changes people. Like good good friend of mine, when we would when we would queue up for arenas together, he would get so like dad disappointed at me <laughs> because I couldn't I couldn't like pummel the cyclones. <laughs> There's a spell interrupt called Pummel, and Cyclone is the fastest spell that Druids cast, and you need to be able... The good warriors could pummel the Cyclones, and I could not pummel the Cyclones, and he would get so mad. Yeah. And then I made a friend with a guy in uh, in college who was, like, a, like ranked, mm-hmm. like, top three, top, like, one or two, maybe, maybe even the top warrior on his server, uh, and I just was like... All right. When I decided I was quitting anyway, I was like, "Just do some do some arenas with my friend, so he can get his mm. his arena weapon." And it was so funny to just hear him have nothing negative to say. Aww. He was just like he was dumbfounded. He was silent. He was just like, "Ah, oh, the rogue disappeared," and and the guy and my friend was just like, "No, he didn't. He's dead." He was just like, "What? Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, we won." <laughs> um. So back Ugh. when Burning Crusade came out in the first 24 hours, this is kind of the real show of how mm-hmm. big this fucking uh, franchise it was and was going to be. Uh, in the first 24 hours, over 2.4 million copies were sold, making it the fastest selling computer game of all time. And then Wrath of the Lich King, their second expansion, I feel like that is 
I mean, I know they've gotten bigger since then, but to me, Wrath of the Lich King was was a bit of a high watermark for the whole franchise Definitely, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, that that which is where they introduced fa- uh, phasing. They were able to add so much more story. Um, they even had cool new quests where. You would fight beside Arthos before he became the Lich King to give you this backstory and doing more story-related missions like that. Um, and also, they took the legendary dungeon that only few people got to play in original WoW called Naxxramas, mm. which is apparently this like, amazing, awesome dungeon, but you had to be like so, so high level to even get Statistically, to Statistically, like it. 1% of people actually beat it. It's yeah, the, the it's crazy. Rate on Naxxramas. So then they they like nerfed it, essentially made it like 10 to 25 people or whatever. And um, in December of 2007, Oh, wait, I just wanted to, the one thing I know about Wrath of the Lich King is that it had the sword Frostmourne that when you wielded it, it whispered creepy shit at you. That's fun. <laughs> Which like is that. such, I just love that idea for a, a, a equipable item. So it was like, hey, mind if I jerk off? In front of you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it was like, be, become death. Oh, okay, or so like, it wasn't like, uh, it's less, not just like, play with the balls. Play with the balls. Do you like feet? Anything <laughs> like that? Frostmourne. Frostmourne, you so crazy. Um, in December 2007, Blizzard's owner, Vivendi Games, announced a merger with Activision in a deal worth $18.9 billion. Dolores. Did you know that? That's a lot of That's francs. Lot of, yeah, wow. It's a lot of <laughs> That's a lot of francs. <laughs> <laughs> and that is really kind of the moment where it's like, oh, Blizzard is now like the like one of the juggernauts of the industry. So you've got I, you always forget that it's Activision Blizzard until like that COD four or the Black Ops four icon appeared in battle, and you're like, oh yeah, this is. This is Activision. <laughs> so before we get into some of the famous moments um, that happened in the game that we haven't already touched on, uh, I just wanted to go over the expansions. If you have any mm. thoughts about any of these, please let me know, because I have none. Mm. Uh, the Burning Crusade, we've talked about. Yeah. Wrath of, that was January 2007. Wrath of Lich King, 2008. Then two years later, Cataclysm, 2010. A big dragon fucked the shit ups, and so then you can revisit old areas and be like, wow, it's this place I spent 50 hours in, but now the shit's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miss Pandaria, which you've spoken mm-hmm. about. It's just, you know what it is? It was like when, it was just when, like, um, how bacon got annoying on the internet. <laughs> like, pandas kind of. Yeah, yeah, we reached a panda saturation yes. point. <laughs> and they missed that window. The window yes, had closed. and they just, Yeah, they just got <laughs> in one year sooner. They should have been, it should have been mists of pit bulls. Everyone loves pit bulls yeah. right now. <laughs> the dog, not the musician. The people still enjoy the Mr. Worldwide's music. <laughs> um, the Warlords of Drainer. Uh, hey, what if you could do those things like in Assassin's Creed where you can just send uh, fake characters to do fake stuff and then they come back with fake rewards? That's when like time travel fuckery really like seeped into the lore, right? Mm. Like, yeah, I believe was... Garrosh Hellscream got so mad at the world that he just like angrily time traveled. He, he time traveled back to was it I, Warcraft two or three yeah. and just was like, uh, we're changing it. Yeah. <laughs> I know Garrosh Hellscream from uh Hearthstone, actually. Garrosh Hellsis Yeah yeah Malfurium <laughs> <laughs> You should work for them as a VO artist by the way. That was fantastic. <laughs> Woogle boogle. But I need to have you on my phone, like telling me to wake up in the morning. <laughs> Hold it. Versus sleep. Legion 2016. That hey, was... you remember those demons? They're back. <laughs> 
And uh, Battle for Azeroth, August 2018, very recently. The reason why I created my own World of Warcraft account was because a bunch of people in my chat that I that I hang out with uh, outside of chat as well, uh, it's outside of Twitch, they were super enthusiastic about this new expansion. Every, they were getting back into World of Warcraft. People I didn't even know were into it. People I play, play Street Fighter with. And um, I was like, all right, I'll give it a chance. There yeah. is like a subclass of people that haven't, that do just like kind of poke their heads back in. Yeah, when every expansion. expansion. Uh, which is kind of why they keep releasing expansions, because like as long as they don't pull that lever too many times, it's like easy money. Yeah, right. And so uh, with this one, I mean, I don't want to besmirch it because I only really have the like giant bomb review of of the expansion. No, it's a but, controversial one. But from what I've heard, it's pretty disappointing after you hit max level for just content and things to do, and um, it's actually losing a lot of diehards. Um, which is unfortunate, but uh, the people I know a couple people who are way way into it So what is World of Warcraft without its stories? We've already talked about a bunch of them South Park episode. We talked about up top um, We talked about Leroy Jenkins I will say though unfortunately in 2017 a new video surfaced by the guy who t- made the tape um, of uh, a different take of the of the oh, like it was all planned. Yeah, uh, it was all planned. I mean, you didn't know that. I thought I thought that bubble had already been burst. For I mean, you guys. I'm sure. I mean, I never really looked deep. You know what it was during like one of the big like BlizzCons. They brought the guy to do it on stage and seeing like there's one thing just to watch an internet video when you're in college, but like seeing like an actual just weird gawky looking white guy be like Leroy, I love chicken, and be like uh, but, mm, <laughs> mm, mm, no. <laughs> and he and um, what the real guy's name is? Uh, what is it? Um, Brett. It's like Brett Schmidt or something like that. He cares. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he even has there's like a Hearthstone card. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole. There's all these references now in you know Blizzard you could properties. Buy plushes that yelled it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite uh, World of Warcraft controversy things was that in uh, 2012, in the main state senate race, yes. uh, the Democratic candidate was Colleen Lakowitz, and uh, she, uh, her opponent, a Republican, actually put out attack ads claiming that. Uh, oh yeah, hold on, I have the copy. Uh, Colleen Lakowitz spends hundreds of hours playing in her online world Azeroth as an orc assassination rogue named Santiago. <laughs> What's worse, in Colleen's world, she gets away with crude, violent, and vicious behavior. <laughs> Vote no on Colleen Laskowitz. You know, see, people Lashowitz. talk about how 2016 the social contract got broken, but, you know, we were we were... Democrats were engaging in crude, violent, <laughs> antisocial behavior well before then. So uh, Colleen, it's really our fault. Colleen did win her election. Yeah. <laughs> I think one that I um, that I feel like a lot of people know, if you know uh, much about World of Warcraft, uh, uh, that I want to talk about. But still, I have to mention it because it's so interesting to me every time I read about it. The corrupted blood issue that happened in 2005 where there was a patch on uh, called Rise of the Blood God that had a raid dungeon called Zulgarup and the final boss, Akal. Uh, infected players with a disease called corrupted blood, which would damage them over time and infect other players. And then players used this teleportation glitch to bring the corrupted blood mm. out of the dungeon. It was never supposed to leave the dungeon. And they started infecting other players. Ah! And some were intentionally trying to spread it yeah. like, a, like a plague to other players, while others started to join this relief effort, healing all these different people of corrupted blood. And there'd be these servers. Well, because there's no way just, to... I mean, basically, the only 
only way to get rid of it would be to revert characters. So like any progress they had made when they were infected would be gone. Yeah. It was, it was to- a legit like. I think people still study this. Yes, like in as, the world uh, of uh, it resembles epidemic? it resembles certain real world epidemics. So they yeah. study the whole case um, of what happened there for like uh, you know like real this, world like some purposes. poor guy at the CDC has like a PowerPoint presentation about this. And Blizzard <laughs> Blizzard had to eventually do a hard reset to get rid of the affected servers. Insane. Yeah, which is pretty bananas. And then also I mentioned it before, but honestly I remember along with Leroy Jenkins the other video that I loved watching. As a holy what the fuck like moment in wow would definitely be the funeral raid. Um, a woman died in real life of a stroke and her guild decided to put on a funeral for her in game. Apparently she loved fishing and the snow so they held it in an area called Winterspring. But unfortunately Winterspring is a PVP area. So um, when they were holding the funeral a, an alliance guild called Serenity Now crashed the funeral murdered everybody (laughs) that is a Seinfeld reference and they murdered everybody most of the people like didn't have armor on like because they were you know as this formal event or whatever and yeah um it was pretty fucked up like I remember watching that and being like that is messed up and also I kind of love it I will say this though at least the uh deceased family actually really did love that it happened because apparently um that that was one of her favorite activities in WoW was PvP and it also immortalized her a little bit right it made it more of a you know people wouldn't be talking about it as much if right wasn't it didn't end in tragedy also <laughs> you know what you know what you punk kids i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out to all you snot-nosed brats all you fucking gen z young millennials oh boy. thinking you're so oh cool boy. with your floss dancing and your fucking orange justice Fortnite bullshit uh-huh. world of warcraft was the pinnacle the originator of the uh pop culture reference out of context dance move in a popular <laughs> online game. There it is. You wanted to see a Torin do the peanut butter jelly dance? You got a Torin doing the peanut butter jelly dance. Read it and wait. You want a troll doing Michael Jackson bullshit? You got trolls doing the Michael um, Jackson. I believe it was Night Elves. Maybe it was Night, Night Elves did the Michael Jackson Blood bullshit. Elves did Napoleon Dynamite. I have the list. <laughs> uh, orcs, orcs, orcs did Hammer Time. Orcs mm. did Hammer Time. Trolls did Shakira. Thank you. And yeah, you're right. Trolls did uh, troll males did capoeira. <laughs> nice. Uh, what, is there anyone good ones? Uh, I, ju- I just know that like oh, uh, Janae Males did the uh, Dollar Mendy uh, yeah, Bangra the, from the Tanuk Tanuk the Tanuk song, yeah. <laughs> uh, and gnomes just did like just like in the club style like freak dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gnome females danced the Don'tcha from the Pussycat. Who doll. was a gnome? Who would do? Who I'd, would be a? They gnome? get guns, right? Gnomes get guns. They, they get I guns? mean, they're just small and hard to hit and annoying. But like, yeah, you don't look as cool with the shoulders. Everything's scaled down on you. <laughs> right, right. But you know. Um, <laughs> that's actually amazing that you defeat this like ancient demon and like this corrupted soul from eons past, and there's like fine. Fine, hero. Here you go. A boy's medium plate armor set. <laughs> um, so you mentioned BlizzCon. I just want to briefly talk about that. The first one was held in 2005, brought in, and it brought in 8,000 people, and Offspring played the closing ceremonies. In fact, I have a list of some memorable comics and bands that played the closing ceremonies of BlizzCon. Want to hear them? I want to. Um, also, by the way, BlizzCon, by 09, BlizzCon was driving in, uh, bringing in 20,000 attendees with, like, um, you know, uh, $200 tickets and it's all bananas and it's still going on today but the bands and, and comedians here we go and this is like kind of in uh, order from oldest to more recent uh, Jay Moore 
Patton Oswald. That makes a little more yeah, sense. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Fine. Sure. This would have been. He cool. was in the. He was in one of those commercials, the yeah. World oh, Warcraft commercials. Did he play? Maybe they they he he pretended to have yeah. in the commercial at least. They'd have to get like some special keyboard. I like, feel like for him, him. Mr. T, Vern Troyer, R.I.P. Snoop Dogg. Uh, mm. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, I thought Snoop Dogg was Call of Duty. He'll just fucking pitch. He'll anything. just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys watch his Twitch stream where he just like pretended to play a video game to promote it or whatever, and then literally like did just stop giving a fuck and like put the controller down, and while the game was still going on, he just lit a giant blunt. Amazing. <laughs> You guys gotta watch well, it. I'm gonna watch it now. That sounds yeah. great. Someone was just like, I was streaming actually. I was live, and someone was just like, "Holy shit, Snoop Dogg streaming!" And I was like, "Oh yes!" And I put it on, and uh, that was the best. Uh, Tenacious D with Dave Grohl, and then the next day, year, Dave Grohl came back. So I think he might actually be a fan as well. Uh, he came back with Foo Fighters. And then we got Blink One Eighty Two, then Metallica, then Lincoln Park, and then Weird Al Yankovic. Nice. Hell yeah. And Muse is the other is the last one, and this year's is to be determined. So you'll just well, have see, to see. They had see. that Jack Black connection. They should have gotten him in the Mist of Pandaria. That yeah, would, like leaned that into amazing. that. Maybe that was the year. We don't know. Oh, you know, I did. That's probably the fucking year he did it. Hey, you know, fun fact about Weird Al Yankovic. He did the theme song to our fucking cartoon yeah. show that you can download right now. Which you can't hear the pitch for because we're not quite done with the episode. <laughs> I'm getting there, though, guys. No plugs in the middle. <laughs> or weirdly near the end, but not quite yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. Um, and then, really, I mean, I don't have a ton left here, but I did do a little bit of looking into the whole gold farming thing because I do remember that from an outsider's perspective of being something that I was like, whoa, they're doing the what? Years before Bitcoin, just old people on CNBC being like, digital money? <laughs> it's money, but it's it in a computer. Yeah, it really was the but first. But it's not a bank computer. It's like just a normal computer. I think, yeah. But it money. <laughs> it really was the first instance of like that confusion about digital goods for sale. Um, it was, of course, the advent of grinding in-game money and selling it for real-world money. And it originated actually in South Korea uh, with reports in 2001 of cyber cafes being converted into gold farming ops. Uh, operations uh, and then China became prolific shortly after that um, around 2004 and this is uh, kind of hilarious it was um, cheap labor was coming in from inland provinces and had come into more cosmopolitan cities um, probably because they were running out of work where they were at and so these real life farmers turned into gold farmers mm. pretty much it was like kind of just an adaptation there and in 2005 the New York Times estimated there were over a hundred thousand full-time gold farmers in China and that's just China alone, and reached one million in 2009. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, the guard that's still a million people. I mean, because you if you walk into Iron yeah. Forge without seeing just free gold or like you know, yeah, pay this money for gold. Oh wow! And it was just hard to get thrown, gold yeah. back in the day, right? Like uh, hard to accumulate a lot of gold. Back yeah, in that the day, was right? not until the the daily quests started coming in. And then ah. you could. If, if you were willing to just spend a couple hours every day, uh, which is what I did, <laughs> you could you could get a uh, you could get pretty rich. Um, in 2011, the Guardian reported that prisoners in some Chinese labor camps were forced to engage in gold farming for the benefit of the prison authorities. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, I know, right? Could you just imagine? Just somebody, it's like a chain gang, but they're just in laptops. Like. One one like Rodney Dangerfield Chinese prisoner being like, "Brother, I'd do this for free." <laughs> 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 and uh, Blizzard combated this by just offering real money transaction systems in game. Yeah. 
so wow pretty, tokens and all that yeah wow tokens and all that and like stuff. just the fact that like every game now has basically just like oh you'll pay money to not play our game yeah we'll do that yeah you <laughs> just want to give us more money so that you can play less <laughs> yeah i don't, am don't twist our arms yeah I feel like I don't have anything left on my little sheet, and I am more. I just want you listeners to know I'm mortified right now that I have left some shit out. We could that do I a whole talked no- about. Well, we could do a million episodes. On uh, the lore, uh, the one big thing that I honestly uh, we could have we didn't address, but has its own like mythology and history behind it is uh, the legacy servers that kind of kept the dream of vanilla alive. Yes, and, were- and I would be remiss without mentioning that they, of course, have come out. Right, it's already out. Right, classic. Wow, wow, classic, which I'm very curious about which is uh their recreation of vanilla wow and oh, uh, interesting they you know, they they replaced uh, all the all the sugar with uh, corn syrup <laughs> they, yeah exactly yeah, uh but the, the same uh, <laughs> you know the origins of that are fascinating because it was literally hackers who would get a hold of the source code of the beta like recreating the game from like just this unintelligible base code uh because they wanted to share this exciting new thing again the dream of the digital life where every effort is rewarded and you can transmogrif and you can make yourself look as important as you feel and all the other characters are in this same world and part of the same story as you. Um, and it kind of evolved into its own separate branch uh, from those initial hacks. It's kind of amazing. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, is, is if you could give us a parting word about like at its best what playing Warcraft was like, like in, in the <sighs> ideal, in the in the dopamine butter zone. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you you'd come up against a, a mage rogue team in in two v two, and you somehow manage to to reflect the sheep or something, you know, crazy. You pull off a win when you you didn't expect, or just like hanging out in a, a freaking uh, the oh, I don't even remember the name of the city, the city in uh, in Outland, the the big city in Outland, whatever it was called, Spooky Town, Spooky Town. We'll call it Spooky <laughs> Town. Um, just like hanging out, uh, you know, with your character and your friend's characters all just like on a bridge, just like shouting stuff, (laughs) dueling, just dueling. I don't know. It was, it it was, uh, yeah, it it was, it was all those things you said. It was just visually appealing. It was cool. Just like getting my, getting my tier two shoulders (laughs) when those finally were available because like the last, uh, or no, sorry, season two shoulders, everybody. Calm down. Uh, season two shoulders from from arenas after uh, they became available. Yeah, I mean, I just remember doing a lot of the PvP, and uh, and every so often you would do good, and it would feel like uh, it would feel like your life had meaning. Wow. Yeah. And uh, gosh, gosh, I I'm terrified of, of, <laughs> of backsliding into that at some point because man, oh man. Maybe like an old man thing. Maybe it yeah. could be a fun old man thing. Yeah, maybe that'll be an old man thing where I'm you can- I'm like excited, yeah. like, I'm excited to get old and be, st- like, everyone's like, oh no, they're going to throw me in a retirement home and I'll be like, finally, yeah, time, right? time to game. But this is my fear is that I f- I'm afraid my hands, yeah, <laughs> that my hands will like- de- Well, you'll be able to just plug right in. Right, into the, by that yeah, time. It'll We're, be, yeah. We got plenty of time. All right, guys, you can talk about the show. Talk about the show. Talk about the show. Uh, so we mentioned Weird Al does the theme song, which is probably the most exciting thing about it. Uh, also, Jake and I are around on the it. time I found out Weird Al was doing the theme song was when we were recording the uh, Weird Al episode of this oh, show. Oh, you couldn't so, talk like, about it. I, I, this is the thing. I keep ta- I kept saying like, and uh, there's this thing I can't talk yeah, about. But it's going to be rad. Yeah, and yeah. the thing that we finally talk about is an animated show called Cartoon Hell. 
Yep, it's it's very similar to Drawfee, uh, but different. Uh, there's there's a live drawing element. It's Caldwell and I. Jake plays our, our demon boss named Managar. Uh, the first full episode is up on YouTube. Uh, I think by the time this airs, also um, a clip from the second episode and the trailer will be up on YouTube as well. But you can watch uh, full episodes if you uh, sign up for Dropout, College Humor's new subscription uh, streaming service that not only has videos but comics as well. Jake uh, has a, a comic in there. Uh, it's called The Legend of Jared. Legend it's of about Jared. that you're, you're, uh, purple asshole puppet character I play. <laughs> and uh, he's on a cross-country journey of revenge uh, to shame a popular YouTuber who accidentally who, uh, shared a clip of him pissing into his own mouth and thus made him a meme. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there are comics on there. There's a, there's a, a ladies' book club comic for anyone who uh, who watches Drawfee and knows what that is about. It's our, it's our uh, D&D-ish show that we... Don't release often enough, um, but we made a comic uh, if you want to see that. And But yeah, it's I'm just excited we get to talk about it. Uh, it's fun. Finally, if, yeah. If, if anything, just watch the theme song to listen to Weird Al say my name because uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I will be doing. I, I, yeah, it's just seeing that got me really excited. So I'm genuinely excited about it. And, and also, I, I love Drawfee and I'm ecstatic that you came and joined us today. Oh, yeah, it was it was real fun. Jake, uh, Jake came in and asked me about World of Warcraft and was like, oh, I've got opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you about that that dark time in my life. I, it, just the, the virginity story alone is just, it's <laughs> too it's too goofy it's too on the nose i had to i had to share that <laughs> and if you have a reaction to those opinions the twitter handle is uh best jake young on <laughs> twitter uh, <laughs> uh i'm at at nathan yaffe so beautiful the, at symbol and then uh the word at and you can catch me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash holdnatorsho. And uh, also, if you'd like to become a patron, uh, hey, we just got another uh, uh, $50 one literally right now. So we've wow. got another episode oh. request coming in. Because that's right. If you donate, uh, do a $50 patronage, even just for one month, you get to dictate a future episode of topic of your choice. But really, I think, you know, uh, the the best deal is $5 a month and you get a free bonus episode every single week. Lately, we've been branching out and doing some really cool stuff. Uh, uh, Lexi and I rewatched uh, all or watched through all of Neon Genesis Evangelion for the first time for her for the eight millionth time for me, and we uh, talked about that. And recently, you did a super cool one coming around the bend. Uh, by the time this airs, uh, you'll you can listen to the other uh, star of Cartoon Hell, uh, Caldwell Tanner, talk about his experience as a uh, professional animation guy and his opinions on uh, the mysterious and unknowable entity that is Don Bluth. Awesome. And what's the name? Of, uh, what's the name of the show again? Cartoon, Cartoon Hell. Hell. On dropout.tv. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh, and uh, keep on whizzing. And never stop bruising. And Druid. (laughs) (laughs) And Nathan's a Druid. And I'm also here. (laughs) Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world... 
Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.